Hello, friends. Hi, friends. Welcome to Mutual Victory. Welcome to our... Not sure if you can hear the tone in my voice. Upcoming uh, Enneagram run-through of the presidents, which is lovely to start this way because... Don't even start. Here's an example of a one being only willing to dish it and not take it. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Couple things. Uh-huh. One, I would like to spend more time uh, or should I say less time mm-hmm. in the mornings like coffee and scrolling Yeah, I feel like we get sucked into that and I'm going to make a concerted effort to like I, I'd probably want to come like once the coffee's ready I want to come in the library and do stuff mm-hmm. wherever that is mm-hmm. library time nice replace doom scrolling in the morning mm-hmm. because then like by the time we get going like i want to get productive and i'm like Ugh, i feel like it's a rush it's a rush or i waste a lot of time and i just don't like the idea of time's moving too fast now it is days are going by too fast so like this is happening i'm probably going to start it when you're in panama nice like because there's no real reason to hang around in bed too long because like you're not there so what am i doing <laughs> so anyway you were giving me some mad tood that's what the tone is, and that's what I was thinking. I'm going to start doing stuff in the morning and not being a slouch. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Fine. Um, I've been trying to join in on Sabrina's morning Oh yeah, you have. 11-day challenge thing yep. she's doing. And so that's way better than doom scrolling for sure yeah i kind of want to get into some sort of physical practice too whether it be that or just like stretching mm-hmm. like something i mean because i do like it when it's not muddy and when it's like a cold like dry kind of morning i don't mind being outside with the dogs walking around like with the coffee like mm-hmm. i like that like that feels good and yeah, you know, i want to do more of that even if it's just stretching because I'm old and physical activity is now just stretching. <laughs> just stretching and walking the perimeter of your property. Yep. Got to keep that tight perimeter. Yeah. So there's that. But what I need to do first before we get into anything is I have a book club. You do. With Joseph Brosif. Which you've sort of abandoned our book club a little bit. Ours? Yeah. You got all distracted by the Brosif I book did. club. I did. And I. This is not a judgment. Sure. Okay. All right. I'll be sure to not take it as such. I read a lot faster than you do. That's facts. And so I already was way ahead in our book. And then I feel like uh, I want to, I have to be like, what part of the book are you in? Because (laughs) I'm afraid I'm going to spoil something. And so I just have like full stop reading the book because I'm still so far ahead of you. You're like on page 600 of 700. I know. I'm I'm like, I'm like, it's going to be super silly if I finish this book and right. you are hundreds of pages behind. And by the time you get there, I'm going to be like, wait, what did I read? Yeah. What? Sorry. And when I look at the two books I'm bringing on our trip that we're going on right now, mm-hmm. when neither of them is the book that we're reading, just because the book we're reading is it's it's gigantic. It's a huge hardcover right. and it doesn't travel great. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I was okay. like, oh. All right, now I feel Which is good because I would finish the book probably on the first flight. Not even, right. Yeah. 
Well, to go back to what I was going to bring up before uh-huh. you started pooping all over my reading ability. Wow. Is one's gonna one. we, Joe and I read a book. We finished it. We got together last night for some beers and burgers and to like talk about the book, which is really kind of cool because I just, we is were. Is that the name of your book club? What? Beers. Beers and burgers. Burgers and books. I think so. Okay. Oh, that's a great name. It's a great, it's a great so, name. So, well, like we were talking, like we do weekly trivia and also weekly hang out pretty much. And we would kind of talk about it as we were going. I did not expect a uh, intentional evening out to discuss the book as we finish it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't occur to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad it occurred to Joe because I it was so much fun. I mean, that is typically how book clubs work. Right. But like we had, we hang out a, like at least twice a week mm-hmm. and discuss the book. So I did not know we would have a final wrap up. It did not occur to me. Ah. I have not been a part of many formal book clubs. Correct. Like our book club is very informal. Right. Yeah. So it was great. I love it. It was awesome. So One, cutesy. Some of the highlights talking about leadership in turbulent times when we were talking about Teddy Roosevelt mm. is that if he were alive today, he would probably have truck nuts on the back Ew, of his car. Oh, he would. He would, wouldn't he? So we just started calling him Teddy Truck Nuts. A little bit of vomit just yeah, came up in right? my throat. But also, again, not the point. We're picking a new book. Mm. That's what I was writing down and folding up on paper. Next to you on the desk are four tiny folded up pieces of paper. Ooh. Two books Joe chose. I chose two. I would like you right now. You're shuffling them up and to pick one. None of them are the book that I told you guys you should read. One of them is. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Look at you guys listening to the wife. Oh, my God. Okay. And it is... American Lion. Oh, it's about Snoop Dogg, Snoop Lion. It is not. <laughs> by John Meacham. Right. It's about Andrew Jackson. Gross. Okay. Right. We just... Okay. He seems like such a crazy SOB mm-hmm. that I just want to know more. Well, I think like this is the thing, right? Is there's uh, I'm I'm having a moment. I'm having a former in recovery history teacher moment of having this consistent experience of like did no one pay attention in social studies? No. And also like do we only tell the stories that we're the most proud of can we maybe do some more reflection on where things went wrong to maybe prevent those things from happening again or are we just like we're just flying by the seat of our pants and pretending that history doesn't repeat itself mm. and i was thinking about this in the context of that show that we watched oh man no, i'm gonna forget the name of the show because i don't remember the names of anything you don't um except for people okay i remember people's names the show with the two detectives the serial killer true detective no what okay um like uh the development of there being like the term serial killer. Come on, honey. Oh, Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Right. They were yes. FBI agents. FBI agents. And so um, I was thinking about how like that approach of like, we're actually going to go deep into mm-hmm. understanding the madness mm-hmm. to maybe create an idea of patterns and habits and causes to prevent these things from potentially happening or minimally to mitigate them early on Mm. and be ahead of the game. Mm. 
why are we not applying that? This is my one wing. Um, why are we not applying that in everything? Why are we, why don't we p- apply that in global politics? Why don't we apply that in economics? Why don't we apply that in any kind of, I mean, domestic, historic events that have gone on like there's no like you know we maybe want to shine shine a light on the madness Mm. and instead it's like oh let's tell our hero stories right yeah there's definitely that that was not the intention of choosing this book for me oh i'm sure (laughs) just want to make that abundantly clear well it it fits into like i uh, i it's in trivia night when i realize the significant gaps i have in american history and I think I mentioned this before, yeah. where I'd like to start over. I'm listening. Like, there's a great courses on Audible mm. that's, you know, half-hour lectures. So I'm kind of doing that while also reading an American history book every now and then. Not mm-hmm. nearly. I did more in, like, the fall, in, like, November. And, yeah, he just, you know, they all, I mean, because I listened to a book on Washington, you know, and I've read one on John Adams a while ago. I've read one on Jefferson. Um, but he just seems like this insane character that I know very little about. So I just, yeah. you know. Other than that he's... A psychopath. Bananas. Yeah. Caressa. So American Lion by John Meacham mm-hmm. is the next uh, Beers, Burgers, and Books club. Beers, Burgers, and Books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm cur- I'll be interested. So I always want the highlights, right? Mm-hmm. I was asking you for the highlights and the different chapters you were reading um i i maintain my resistance to reading about the dead white guys right even though you're obstinate this was a directive from one of my poli sci professors Mm. at graduation he was like "Mm, you're gonna need to know about the dead white guys which is i mean he said it a little bit tongue-in-cheek and it was a roast however I don't think so. I think I know enough. Okay. I think I know enough. Um, I still think maybe in the summertime, this would be fun. We should set up summer school. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I'm going to give you a six week U.S. history and government summer school course. Uh Uh-huh. We're going to have class. I'm going to be your teacher. And um, we'll get through. We'll get through oh. the. We'll get through initial colonization to at least the end of Vietnam. Oh wow! In six weeks. It's six weeks. Six weeks. That is. And we will not be reading the book. Don't know much about history. <laughs> that will not be no. the reading list. I mean, we both have degrees in history, so uh-huh. I feel like we could start a little bit higher level. I don't think you've ever read a people's history of the United States. Mm. I read some of it. Hmm. I think honestly that you and Joe need to read oh. the entire thing cover to cover. Yeah. Um, for a m- multiplicity of reasons, That's a good you call. can invite Joe to summer school if you'd like to. <laughs> um, he could do it as a correspondence course because he has to go to work. Correspondence <laughs> course. We're gonna make him mail in his essays. We're gonna make him mail in his reflections. <laughs> I want to receive an envelope in the mail. That is hilarious. If I gave, in cursive, I feel like if I gave him some self-addressed stamped envelopes, uh-huh, uh-huh. he would do it. I don't even think we'd have to. I think he'd do it. I think you're right. I think he'd be down. Well, and also like I think he would honestly he would just do it, but then put it in our mailbox when he came over, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yeah. not even yeah. hand it to us. Yeah, I love it. I I. 
I mean, you've said this a few times. I do feel like a lot of what I know about the ancient world civilization mm. curriculum that yeah. that students would move through is predominantly from you. Yeah. Um, because I definitely avoided those classes for the most part. The ancient history? In, in college. Mm. Yeah. I just didn't, like, I couldn't fit it, mm. you know? Right. So when you're a history major, you you kind of have to. I mean, you definitely right. have to, like, zero in. Yeah. And my whole focus was what do teenagers need to know and be exposed to and within a reasonable amount of time. And that might give them some kind of a clue of what's going on in the world. You had a much more noble goal in becoming a social studies teacher, whereas to inform the youth about issues and overlooked history Mm -hmm. by teaching American history. I just wanted to be Indiana Jones. I mean, and read about ancient history and medieval and renaissance history. Yeah. I mean, it worked, though, because I just wanted to sleep with Indiana Jones. So, Well, <laughs> I'm glad I could be a strong second choice. <clears throat> you fit the archetype. It was perfect. There were elbow patches and tweed and... All right, we can't get off topic talking about your tweed. Get dis- <laughs> You're getting the vapors. I'm going to get so distracted that I can't remember the presidents. All right, so what are we here to talk about? We're going to talk about, we're going to go through some highlights. Highlights. This is about- We're going to call them that. Enneagram of presidents. We realize we yeah. haven't talked about, we haven't done history topics in a while. So we thought this this is always on a back burner. So we thought it'd be fun. Yeah. And we these are topics that are relatively common that we might just throw like, you know, you're reading about mm. Theodore Roosevelt. Right. And I'm like, oh, like, what's his Enneagram? Right. What do you think his Enneagram is? So I'm going to make some bold sweeping statements Great. about presidents. That's and then the, that's what putting stuff on the internet is for. <laughs> and then we can, um, bold proclamations. Yeah. And then we can, uh, we can dive into some specifics. All right, go ahead. Start us off. So, I think that it's safe to say that the majority of presidents mm-hmm. are going to fall in the three six nine triad. Okay. Okay. So now that's a that's a triad. Mm-hmm. So like this this group three six nine exists. What do they have in common within or the why, Enneagram system? Why are they a triad? They are each other's growth and stress points. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So, so okay. Elaborate. Nines oh. are nines are typically called the mediator or the peacemaker right obama is a nine Mm. michelle obama is one okay which essentially makes us their mirrors Mm, which makes me a makes i'm gonna be a dynamite first lady you are gonna be such a good first lady Mm. honey yeah um and so nines are the peacemaker threes are the achiever Mm-hmm. And sixes are considered the loyalist. Okay. Um, so the reason that most presidents are going to fall under this is because the threes are very success oriented. It's all about being the best. I don't have good history with masculine threes. No, you don't enjoy them. I don't. And I wonder if this will be true about the presidents that are the threes. Oh. Uh, sixes. Okay. Their whole point is to be security oriented. So I would I would go out on a limb and say, guaranteed, hmm. every single president that was at the helm 
when there was a significant conflict or declaration of war was mm. a six. Oh, wow. And then the nines tend to be... Can I amend that before you move on? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe the ones that handle that the best were six. Because them being in office during that time is not really like they were in office because they were six because this happened. I think like the the, the conflict is happening. The six is handled it the best, I think is what I'm saying. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to say conflict is consistently happening. Right. That's what I mean. And the sixes think that like war is a solution. Well, you could argue like whoever was president before Lincoln and lead up to the civil war, mm -hmm. you could argue that there was significant conflict, not handling it well. Ah, different. Okay. You know, because I'll just stop talking. You can just go on. You probably have a lot. No, <laughs> you're making all the good points. I mean, different because we could, you know, we're going to have judgment. We get mm. to have judgment. There are more noble causes for war than others. Okay. So if it was potentially a war mm. that was about like moral ground rather than um, preemptive fear-based cool. reactionality, right? Then likely that president is a one. Mm. And there aren't very many ones because no. the moral compass of a one is so strong that a lot of the shady political games that need to be played, ones wouldn't be able to do. Mm. So they might the arguably be the best presidents, but they don't make it there because no. they're not going to like, they're not going to abandon their values for votes. Right. Well, if I'm thinking now this, we're, we're talking about the executive. Now I'm thinking of Congress and the legislative. You would think that by that rationale, there'd be not as many ones in Congress because Congress is known for the wheeling and the dealing. Right. Which a very healthy one would have trouble doing in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because of not being able to accomplish what they want in, you know, unless they make concessions they don't believe in. Right. Mm. Right. And yeah. Congress, I mean, that would be a funny thing. That'd be a way, that'd be a deep dive. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Everyone's Enneagram type in Congress, but it's like, yeah, like there, what is the type that is most willing to, you know, want to be consistently in that competition in that you know bring in the votes get reelected, mm. stay in office um well there's a handful of presidents i mean we could think of that were in congress before they became president I it's mean, true lyndon johnson was jfk yes was, was he a senator mm -hmm. huh yeah and um and then there's I, I mean ideally the judicial branch would be full of ones and fives mm. yeah Maybe nines. Some really solid nines. Right. Mm -hmm. With a good healthy one wing. You know. Big old one wing. Right. Nice. Yeah. So I think that um, we're probably going to mostly float around in yeah, the 20th century. Sure. Uh, and then like hit some of the highlights you know i was looking through so we had a we had a trivia question about john tyler oh man. that guy that, was a, that guy well i mean now i will never forget that he is the only president buried with a confederate flag do you know that he didn't have a vice president what yeah at all yeah to vacant 
vacant Never. office. Like ran for president with no running mate. Yeah. And there were like, I don't know if it was, um, was it a death situation? Did he become president because William Henry Harrison died? Honey, we are exposing some of the many gaps I have. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, like, and then I fell down this realization of how many presidents just didn't have a vice president. Really? Yes. And I was like, what? And then I got sad because before, you know, before Thomas Jefferson, mm. there was essentially this you know, yet another checks and balances within the system that was being experimented with. Like, I love that we forget that this democracy, alleged democracy situation is a an experiment. Mm. And we're like, oh, we freaking nailed it. We got it right the first time. We don't need to fix anything. But one of the things was the person who lost Had to be. was supposed to be. So like, I a little bit always want to write these, you know, short vignettes of what would happen, you know, could you imagine? If like the, you know. If Hillary Clinton was Donald Trump's vice president. The only problem is the vice president doesn't have a lot to do. Like, other than just maybe be annoying to the president. <laughs> and that would be great. Well, like the only way to really make that, because like the, the president could easily ignore everything the vice president wanted, mm -hmm. right? And the only way to really make it meaningful is if you gave the vice president more powers and then you're turning it into like some sort of consulship like in the ancient romans where there's like a oh, consul of two or three that have power and that's i don't know is that better who knows who knows who knows who freaking knows okay so who do you want to start with i want to start with whoever you want to start with hit me with it well i think we could start with uh well i already just talked about obama right and he is part of the 369. He 369. Is, he's definitely a nine. Does that try it have a name? Did you say it already? No. No. Okay. I mean, we'll we're not going to get into the, Should we call it the executive triad? That's what we're calling it now. We're going to call it that now. Um, yeah. Yep. And so if we're going backward, I love that we're just like ignoring the last couple recent situations. Um, like talking about either Biden or Trump? Yeah. No. No. I don't really want to talk about... I don't want to really talk about it. Either of them. Yeah. Mostly because... And it's an election year. So it's right. like... And also, I thought of this when uh, my last year teaching, I taught at a high school, and um, another social studies teacher taught AP world history. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about the curriculum, what he has to get through. And this was back in 2017, 18. And he said by the AP exam in May, he has to get through Trump. Like Gross. he has to get through the Trump administration, which made me so mad because I just made me hate the AP board, that whole crap. But like my whole thing is like, that's not history. Right. Like if you're studying it's something event. that happened in 2016 <clears throat> in 2017 or 18, that's not history. There's not been enough time. There's not enough perspective. There's not enough reflection <clears throat> to qualify it as history then it's just like you're reading the news mm -hmm. and that's not the same as history right um so yeah I, I, it's current it, events it's current events it is social studies sure it's not history mm. so okay. we're not going to get into that right now sure so go ahead okay so if we move backward from obama then we're landing on george, george w bush w 
W. Do you want to take a guess? From what you know about Enneagram. <clears throat> a seven? Yeah. 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 seems like definitely a seven. He's just here for the party. Right. He's just here for the party. Uh-huh. You know? Here's a fun game. Let's see if we can do X, Y, and Z, right? Like, it's all a game. It has very low stakes. Life has very mm. low stakes. Right. For George W. Bush. Right. Yeah. Yeah. His whole administration. One thing I... And probably he leaned predominantly on Cheney, right? Oh, for every single thing. Cheney's definitely an eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I read a book. I think it's called To Start a War. And it was about, you know, Bush administration's response Mm -hmm. to 9 11 leading up to the uh, Iraq War in 03. And one of the things that I took away with it, which made me so mad, is that somewhere maybe in Department of Defense, I don't know if like Rumsfeld or Cheney did this, but basically. They had this huge whiteboard on the wall. On the left side, they wrote like 9-11. And on the right side, they wrote Saddam Hussein. And they're like, find me the evidence that connects these two. I'm like, are you goddamn kidding me? Yeah. I'm not a lawyer, an investigator. That seems like you're just looking for evidence to support a conclusion you already have. And welcome to the majority of the research people are doing, right. doing air quotes, research people are doing um, on their own mm. on the interwebs. Yeah. And every it's, single... It's conclusion, like, justification rather than... Yeah. Yeah. And every single final paper I read as a high school history teacher, mm. high school social studies teacher is, oh, this is what I think. Let me support it. <laughs> this, this is what I think. Yeah. yeah. So... Definitely a seven. Yeah. Are we going to go back to Slick Willie? Slick Willie. Yeah, Slick Willie. What do you think? Um, Three. Yep. Definitely a three. He's definitely... I mean, now... Bill Clinton if, is a three. If you want to be president, I think even Obama said this, if you would like to be president, there is a slice of you that is just an absolute narcissist mm-hmm. to think that you deserve this job that you could do this job that you can execute it well yep. and i would agree with that there's some level but like you know if you're more healthy than others you have it in check and you're mm-hmm. maybe have ideals maybe in the even principles yeah maybe um, other shoe oh, just man. dropped <laughs> but but the whole like the whole lewinsky affair uh-huh. for me isn't like a 7 where it's like hey this will be fun it's more like a 3 where like Sure, I can do this. I can do it. I can lie about it. I can get away with it. That's three. Like, that is the shadow aspect of the three, 100%. It's just like zero accountability. Yeah. Zero accountability. Oh, man. There's a great podcast uh, called Slow Burn, put out by Mm -hmm. Slate.com, and they have several seasons. One is on Watergate, which I could read and listen to Watergate all day. Um, But there's one on the Clinton Lewinsky scandal and yeah listening to that you just you just think like especially at that point you know he was in his second term he was you know pretty successful Mm -hmm. i mean he was you know people liked him and then it's like well there's a government shutdown we got to fill this place with unpaid interns so there's some unpaid interns floating around here and half the building is gone yep and just like willing to throw it all the way. Like, there's one thing if, like, a husband's going to have an affair, like, throw it all away. It's like, yes, you're home, your family, and also, but, like, 
when you're president, I would say there's a little bit more at stake to throw away. I mean, you would think so, particularly since we were hammering home in the 90s. Oh, yeah. The family values family nonsense. Values. So it's like, family values, family values. We're all about the family values. Ugh. And then family values. If you cheat on your wife, and you can't be president, we're going to impeach you because you did naughty things. Oh, he lied about doing naughty things. Lie about naughty things, and then it's like, "Mm, but Trump though, that's that's okay. That's going to be fine. That's great. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely a three. So he's a three uh, in every capacity. So the interesting thing about the three six nine. um, Executive triad. Executive triad. Is that threes in growth go to six, which brings mm. them to the loyalist, which brings them to like committed, focused. Threes in stress go to nine, mm. and they become um, the worst version of the nine, which is kind of slovenly, like kind of disengaged, uh, you know, like, yeah, just just completely disengaged, kind Checking of depressive. Out, withdrawing. Right. And Clinton has a lot of kapha nature, and we're not going to do like all the Enneagram types and all the doshas of all the presidents, because right. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of kapha nature anyway, so I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a level of like sex addiction mm. and that kind of stuff that like when he is under stress and pressure... Mm. He self soothes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not self. Okay. Okay. Um. So now we're at George H. W. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't wax about this. But going back to what I said about presidents that, like, preemptively mm. engage in conflict particularly foreign conflict particularly when it has to do with ultimately you know protecting our oil supply because that's what it's all about is like uh protect the economy protect the economy like hyper awareness that we need to stay on top we need to have the access to you know the financial fuel in the world and so he's a six okay yeah i see that yeah desert storm was totally six scenario across the board uh it's you know and remembering that six in stress goes to three so Mm. it's like the yeehaw factor that sixes can go to because they do ultimately want everyone to be protected and safe Mm. to a degree um but when they're under stress it's like i'm gonna be the best Mm. at making sure that my agenda you know, my idea of what keeps us safe is is protected. Hmm. <clears throat> um, and sixes go to nine in growth. Hmm. You know, and people have people were remarking right are just around like the difference in George H. W. Bush as he aged. Yeah, and um, you know, like after his presidency. Yeah, yeah. and and just later on in life, hmm. like maybe softening, maybe being a bit more you know pop pop like or whatever saw three ghosts and realized we can only hope that so many people see three ghosts (laughs) (laughs) okay we're gonna talk about reagan now (sighs) reagan's the worst reagan is the worst 
I think that Reagan is an eight. Oh, a deviation from the executive triad. Yep. Okay, what makes you think with a seven wing? With a seven wing. Because he was an actor. Yep. I mean, lots of lots of different reasons. Um, some people like to say that Reagan was a nine. I think maybe he could have leaned into his nine wing in certain scenarios. He was diplomatic. I mean, this man, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan is like such a grifter. <laughs> Um, he's such a grifter and, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit of smack about, um, astrology Yeah, and Ronald Reagan is a classic Aquarian man. You're going to, oh, you're going to use astrology to talk smack. Yeah. Okay. Ah, Aquarian men. Are they just the absolute worst? They're just not the worst. They are very self-oriented. I I just said that, so I feel like I know some, I think, but I don't know who they are. They're they're just very self. They're oriented to the self. Okay. And so he he exhibits a lot of that. Um, People consistently want to put him in the nine category because he fooled everyone. I mean, he's so charismatic. Yeah. And, And this is the light aspect of the eight. Um, because eights make people feel safe. When they're in their light aspect, they make people feel safe. Okay. Um, I see that. Yeah. And people trust them. When they're in their shadow aspect, though, they're dictators. Mm. Like, and so I think that he possibly had a well-developed nine wing and a seven wing. Um, But, you know, he was always like, he was considered nice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the people that we consider mm, nice right. are actually the worst. Yeah. Because it's not genuine. Right. You know, he wasn't kind. No. When we think about his drug policies, when we think mm. about his fiscal policies, right. I mean, trickle down my ass. Trickle down my ass. I mean, especially about, I, Joe and I talked about last night um, because we were talking about Teddy Roosevelt in the coal miner strike, which was featured in the book we read. And I just thought of another strike the president dealt with and wasn't Reagan with the um, air traffic controllers strike where they went on strike and he just yep. fired them all. Yep. I thought that was an odd move by someone who was once the president of the Screen Actors Guild Union. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it's like, you know, I mean, I guess I could see if people wanted to call him a nine and he was in his shadow aspect of the nine, like that ultimately going with whatever the status quo is, is going to be the choice. There's mm. There can be very little principles. Nines can lack any kind of solid internal, um, you know, and I don't know much about his cabinet. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. and and just thinking about like, okay, so George Bush was his vice president. Um, you know, who was he? Who was in his ear? Because right. maybe he was just being fed and told what right. to do, and he was literally just the actor president. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know much about his cabinet or like who his chief of staff was. Right. I know Cheney was the chief of staff, but I think it was for Nixon. Yeah, maybe Ford. He definitely Sweet Christ right. on a cracker. <laughs> oh God! Sorry, I didn't mean to invoke his name. Um, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Let's keep going because I could just go on and on about how Ronald Reagan completely hoodwinked everybody yeah. in the world and how many people, how many people I knew, particularly as like someone that was in a history mm-hmm. major, right. you know, because there's always going to be in a history department, there's right. going to be people on every single platform and, and side of the political spectrum and I'm only going to refer to this boy man as uh, the also a history bro. Um, he was the this guy in my major. Mm. He was like, when I get married and have kids, picture twenty two year old, twenty one year old, sure, you know, college junior. I'm whether it's a girl or a boy, Reagan. Name mm. it. I'm naming it. I'm naming it Reagan. Ugh. Best president we ever had. And I'm like, <laughs> I need to sit as far away from this man <laughs> as possible. I pray we don't have to do any group projects together. I'm just like, oh, I n- would never, never would I ever. Well, I know, but what if your professor was one of the ones that were like randomly throw people together? I had some Ugh. professors like that. I think that the professor didn't want to deal with me. Smart. Having to partner with that man. Nice. So they were smart enough that, right. you know. We're like a little class banter is okay, but like long-term right. working together would be a recipe for disaster. Right. And and he he failed his MTELs three times. Three times? Three times he failed his MTELs, which is like the history. You have to take this to be able to teach history. In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Um, he failed it three times. Three times. How do you fail it three times? This happened a lot. I sat down to take my MTELs and the girl next to me was like, how many times is this for you? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, this test is $280. It's going to be the only time right? I take this test. Well, like I took the Praxis exam yep. for social studies yep. before I even started uh-huh. school for it. Yeah, like but I, you're so good at taking tests. Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, it, this was after college. So, yep. like, graduate school me was not undergrad me. Right. Like, I was able to... You're just a really good test taker, too. Yeah, it's called knowing things. Okay. All right. We're going to keep going. To arguably... I'm sorry. I, I have a... I, I try to be this, like, progressive educator. <laughs> And sometimes I just can't when I have to hear something, someone say something like, I'm just not a good test taker. Yeah. And it's like, oh, the part where we find out if you know things or not, you're not good at that part? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I I have to quote, I mean, I think I just quoted Daniel Tosh. Yeah, you're terrible. So I don't want to steal. I mean, like, I think I word for word quoted him, so I don't want to steal his bit. <laughs> but also like, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Like the part where you have to just tell me what you, you're an adult. Okay. Like you're 35. Like I'm a bad test. I'm a visual blah. Visually read visual read, read the words read can't freaking pantomime this concept for well you. and i'll go to the psych the psychology aspect of it it's like you're not bad at taking tests you have unhealed educational trauma mm. fix that like mm. address that at the root because at one point in your life you were told that this was the make or break situation of right. everything of all time which was a lie or and i mean get past it so that you could just take the damn test or even like what I think is more the case is I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with a teacher lecturing slash teaching you something information and then being tested on it. But like 
is seven years old the best way to right. describe? Is 15? No. Probably not. But no. I think once you reach the age of 25 to 27, you should have a handle on that by now. Mm-hmm. But I'm an asshole, so I don't know. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> okay, how about the arguably the best president of the 20th century? Your favorite. You're so cute. Go My right favorite, in. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. So here we are, Jimmy Carter. It's not going to be a surprise to anybody that Jimmy Carter's Enneagram type. It's a nine. It's got to be a nine. Is no. Oh. Is my favorite Enneagram type. Is a one. As embodied masculine, is a one. Oh. This is the man that felt like he had to sell his peanut farm <laughs> because it could be a conflict of interest mm. being the president of the United States. Yeah. Because the high stakes peanut trading industry. <laughs> Really might sway. You never know. Go to those peanut cons. <laughs> they are insane. So, yeah. I mean, some people like to call Jimmy Carter a three. There's no freaking mm. way. No. He could be a nine with um, a one wing, but I think that he's a one with a nine wing. Hmm. And a two wing. I mean, he's the helper. He's like volunteering right. for Habitat for Humanity. Like 90 years old. He's building 90 houses. and just being the cutest cutie cute cute and we didn't deserve jimmy carter no and we only got him for one term and it was like oh let's replace this with arguably the worst president (laughs) of the 20th century and i still say that even post the trump years right i think that over time ronald reagan did more damage to Mm. air quotes american democracy well i mean Maybe because he was so beloved and was reelected to a second term in a yep. landslide, yep. right? Like, just, that, that second term, you can do a lot because you're just like, screw it. Because you're like, ha, ha, ha. Don't need to be. I'm not going to be reelected. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Carter is a one. Hmm. Um, Gerald Ford. <laughs> I want to be like, who cares? <laughs> I mean, if you play football at Michigan, you got to be a seven. I don't know if... <clears throat> Yeah, I think that Gerald Ford might be a nine. Okay. Um, I don't know much about Gerald Ford. No. He He really wanted to pardon Nixon for the good of the country. Like, because of the pardoning, I want to say that he's a nine. I want to say, like, this is, again, a situation where nines, if they aren't balanced... Mm just will do whatever seems like the path of least resistance because any kind of like kickback, Mm. any kind of accountability of like people being mad at you will feel too overwhelming. So they'll surrender to popular, you know, there's no way you're going to not pardon the former head of your party. Right. Right. You know, if that's your concern, if you're concerned about getting kickback from your peers, yes, you're going to do that. Yep. So I wouldn't consider him any kind of like noble nine. Right. Um, he he definitely was all about, and he probably is a, a self pres nine too. You know, which mm. which might be an even harder thing to be. So <clears throat> yeah, maybe he's a nine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Nixon. Nixon. I mean, this is an easy one. He's easily a three. Uh uh-uh. uh. What? Now Nixon's a six. Okay. Really? Not a three? Was... I mean, he goes to three in stress. Okay. All right. Like, so this is the triad, right? right? So we're back to the three, six, nine triad. I think that I think that Nixon 
is a six. And and the reason, because when we think about sixes, their whole, like they're completely oriented to security. Mm-hmm. Anxious. Oh, they're yeah. suspicious. Like paranoid. Paranoid. Yeah. Like threes aren't paranoid. Threes, okay. you know, threes are maybe like, well, and the other thing too is threes, threes can be hyper conscious of their image mm. and their legacy. Okay. Which would supersede some of the things that Nixon mm. did. Yeah. If, if he, he was, was concerned about his legacy, he should have made some better decisions. Dear God. Dear God. And I think that sixes, you know, when we think about sixes moving into threes, moving into three in stress, they'll often do things that they are accusing other people of doing. Oh, like every accusation is a confession type right. thing? That's a very like mm. moving into the imbalanced aspects of three okay. at front as a six or as a very underdeveloped yeah. three. You know, There's like lot, there was a lot of that. A lot of that. A lot. Yeah. He was a paranoid dude. <clears throat> Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But I could read about <clears throat> I'm so fascinated with Watergate, the whole thing. Because mainly because it was this big thing, especially like growing up. Like if we're growing up in the eighties, late eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. Watergate is not twenty years old. No. Barely. Which, like, I'm as every day goes by, I realize 20 years is like nothing. Yeah. Like, how little time is 20 years to be like, because I think I saw a video, <laughs> I saw a video of like Woodstock 94. Remember uh-huh, that? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And I was like, when was that? Was 94. And then I think it was the 25th anniversary of Woodstock, like the OG, you know, Woodstock. And I thought about that. I'm like, wow, 25 years is not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And, Back then, of course, we were younger, so it felt like this old thing from so long ago. It's the olden days. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. so to be, and like, it's not, I don't think I was ever in school, like when I was in school, we didn't get to Watergate, like we barely got to Vietnam mm-hmm. in my US history two, US history was two years for me in high school. Jealous. Got to the Civil War in junior year, senior year. I mean, I think we got to Vietnam, which again was not that long ago. Right. When we back then, back in the olden days of the late twentieth century. Um, so I'm fascinated by that. I could read about that all day. And every more I read about it or listen to something about it, I just think, What are you thinking? How did you think? I mean, there's that little unhealthy narcissist three where it's like, What do you think is gonna happen? Like everything will be fine. I will not be held accountable for anything. Million dollars should make this go away easy. Yeah. 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 All right. So do you want to do one more like 20th century and then you want to do like another a deep dive of someone from where you want to yeah. do a I mean, couple we more? Might, we might want to do a, like a a part two so that we can do oh. the, I mean, we could run through okay the founding like fathers early, and. Right. I mean, this could be an ongoing Early series. 19th century. This could be like. <clears throat> presidential enneagram part one out of who knows but i don't even want to give lyndon johnson any kind of airtime because the um he is an eight he's a challenger yeah like he's 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 abrasive he's <clears throat> overbearing he's in your face yeah just blah um just blah. and it's probably not a surprise to anybody that jfk is a seven 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. That surprises no one. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, And I think, like, we probably would need, like, I'm just thinking about Eisenhower, Truman, Roosevelt would okay. take more time to dive into. So we can. Oh, that would be good. We can call that it. That could be next part. We could be the the wartime presidents or like the first half of the 20th. We basically did the second half of the 20th century. Yeah. I mean, yep. more or less. Yeah. Um, and then of course it's like thinking about the Enneagram types that, that came together in the birth of the nation. Right. You know, that's an interesting thing to look mm. at and, and there are different approaches. And I think about it. Um, I think about also because we just recently watched Lincoln. Yeah. Again. Mm. And every time I watch that now, I think about these men and their Enneagram mm. types, like the the team of like rivals, his, cabinet, right? his yeah. cabinet, the this team of people who got together and what their Enneagram types were, what their doshas were, like how they were navigating right. that whole thing. Um, particularly when I was thinking the scene where he starts telling a story and the guy starts yelling that he's telling a story. <laughs> is, the, is it Bruce McGill that's playing Stanton? Uh-huh. Where yeah. like, I, and the way, I mean, I hate to sound like a cinephile because I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm uh-huh. just going to mention what I observe every time I watch this movie is because like it, the scenes, like when that, when that part starts, it's a shot of, Lincoln sitting at a desk, but from behind. So we just see him from the back. <laughs> and then the camera cuts to Bruce McGill as Stanton. And the camera slowly pushes in on him as he's realizing that he's about to tell a story and he just cannot handle another story. Uh-huh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I love my favorite part of that as he storms out of the room, everyone just starts laughing at him, yep. Lincoln included. Yep. He's like, ha, here it goes. <laughs> right. Like such a perfect like glimpse at a secretary of war during wartime right like i mean because they are all gathered for an assault on wilmington port and to hear the and like like to get the telegraph yeah waiting for the news so Um, it's very tense so lincoln decides to tell this funny story lincoln's like i'll break up the tension and wax poetic no like one does i like the tension because he's an eight most definitely and um but what i love about that more Mm. is that in the next moment, they are sitting next to each other. Right. Wait, like the news is the, the telegraph. The telegraph is... is coming through and they're just like they're back in the zone of like we fight, mm. but we support one another right. and we trust each other in our respective roles. Right. Oh, like they they grasp hands. Right. Hold they're hands they're while holding the, hands while the news is coming in. Like and floating otters. And that is like I it was in the book. Like mm-hmm. Doris Kearns Goodwin mentions that they would uh, like it was not uncommon to wait for news of this type and just yeah hold hands while it was coming in. Um, you know, to bring this home, this makes me think of Joe brought up a good point when uh, we were talking about the book. Now, for each of the presidents that she talked about, she picks one like instance that they dealt with uh-huh. and discusses their leadership style during the the crisis, so to speak. Um, for Lincoln, she talks about the passing of the Emancipation Proclamation mm-hmm. and like why he did it then, how he had to do it to not lose more state, like all of the steps in trying to get it done. And he brought up this part that I forgot about until he mentioned it. Like in Boston, when they are waiting for news about this, like they think it's going to be passed or waiting for it actually is signed. It's like 
Frederick Douglass, um, I think Harriet Tubman, George Templeton Strong, like there's so many uh, Walt Whitman were in Boston speaking and just waiting for this news to come in. And like we were just, he just commented and I thought the same thing about like, gee, those are some big names that are just (laughs) all hanging out and speaking and there at the same time, like waiting for this news to get up to from like Washington to, to Boston. So people can like, and Mm -hmm. it took until like midnight, like they were there the entire day. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what, wasn't this also in an episode of like, there was a, there was a, maybe I'm just thinking of Ken Burns. Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking of the particular episode of it where you kind of get to see all of these different scenes because I'm having a Mm. vaguely remembering this. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is a good pause point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got some 21st century presidents in the <laughs> first century. half of the 20th, the second half. This might be the... a niche topic for our listeners. It's all right. Well, <laughs> we covered some, you know, we covered, we're going backwards, I guess. A little crash so course. Whenever we talk about this next, which won't necessarily be next time, but we'll definitely revisit it again because mm-hmm. it's worth, mm-hmm. especially now that I know we're going to come back to it, I'm going to read up a little bit, a little brush up to find like evidence of what their enneagrams were. I, I like Doshik sometimes because there's only four, so it's easy to to know more about four yeah. things than nine. Yeah, but I want to dive into the enneagram too because I want to. Well, after- and I think just focusing on the particularly because you're about to read about Andrew Jackson, which we yeah. haven't, we didn't get yeah. that far. Um, and thinking about the fact that this is an election year, like mm. maybe it's something to look into yeah. that the Enneagram types of people who are running for office. And if that is the type that you, you know, I used to joke and laugh around my hiring process at the massage school. Mm. When I became the director of education, I had to write on my application, like what my uh, astrological sign is, what my, um, my elements are for in, in traditional Chinese medicine. So it wasn't, Ayurveda, right? Um, in traditional Chinese medicine, oh, and uh, Myers Briggs, and like they were taking us information. I'm like, wow, this is a, this is interesting. Like, does, oh, yeah. this, does this matter? And I, I ended the interview, and when they told me that I had gotten the job, it was like, <sighs> I'm just so glad that somebody who is metal, and water, and earth is going to be in this role. And I'm like, okay. Okay, let's start thinking about things in this way. I'm. Do I want an enneagram fill in the blank leader? It should not limit you, but it's good information to have. It's good information to have. And I remember filling out the similar application, <laughs> like name, address, blah 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 blah, astrological sign. I'm like, what the hell is? This? Mm. Oh my god, where am I applying to? <laughs> Man, when people put Virgo, I you know on a. Or I just like look it up because if you go to someone's Facebook page and you type in happy birthday, you're going to figure out what their birthday is, even if it mm-hmm. isn't listed because somebody has wished them happy birthday on uh, that Facebook wall. Smart. Um, But just like knowing mm. what someone's minimally what their sun sign is coming in. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You know, you know what you're working with. Right. You know, you, yeah. can, you, ha- you can have some idea around this. Mm. And, and that is important to me. It's good because if someone came in and was like, I am a four and someone came in and is like, I am a one. Like that is already good information. To have. Already good. You mean like two candidates? Right. Yeah, or yeah. like if, you know, anything. Two people. I'm like, yep. oh, I all of a sudden know how to interact with you. Mm-hmm. One, we have stuff to talk about. 
four, you can get the hell out of my face. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that's I, how you bring it home, folks. That's how you bring it home. I will be on a hunt to see if there's any four presidents in the meantime. Ugh, give me a break. <laughs> For mutual victory, this is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>